Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, a weekly show about art, craft, and creativity. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this show will inspire you to live a long and crafty life. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. Hi everyone, I'm back this week with some exciting news. My husband Jeff, the fabulous man who makes this podcast possible week after week, just built me a new website. It's new and improved and it'll look a lot like the old one, only hopefully it will load faster and just be easier for you to navigate. Our aim was to make it as organized and accessible as possible and improve that projects page. You'll be able to see thumbnail photos of all the projects that you can try out at home. The new site format will also allow me to post blog entries throughout the week with relative ease. So soon you're going to be able to find some short crafty videos, audio files, articles, and other miscellaneous fun stuff on the site and hopefully this will keep you crafting through the week. This weekend look for my first crafty video. It's a tutorial I filmed at Sitting Knitting in Grand Rapids. The shop owner Laura Lee Beltman kindly demonstrated the difference between continental and throwing knitting techniques. I'm a thrower so I was amazed to see how fast Laura Lee's stitches formed when she showed me how to knit faster and easier in the continental method. As you can see I'm kind of experimenting with how I can kind of expand the coverage here. I hear about things or I think of things throughout the week and I'm like, oh man, I want to tell Craft Sanity listeners, but it doesn't really fit into the format of my audio presentation. So look for some more fun stuff on the web. Okay, so let's get on with today's show. This week, my guest is the one and only Hannah Raggi. She's the author of Hardware, Jewelry from a Toolbox. That's hardware, as in W-E-A-R. And it's a very cool book that sent me racing to my local hardware store for nuts, bolts, S-hooks, and other little doodads that I'm usually not very interested in. Hannah's book is great for hipster craftsters who want to make fabulous gifts on a budget. And those looking for inspirational ideas about how they can make cool accessories out of the contents of their toolbox. So grab your embroidery floss and a handful of nuts of the metallic variety and settle in for an inspiring chat with Hannah. She's going to tell us the story of how she got her crafty start, landed a book deal, and uh, is actually on her second book already, all at the ripe old age of 28. Hannah is a New York City girl. She's lived in Manhattan her whole life. So if you grab those supplies and settle in for an inspiring chat with Hannah... By the end, you could have some fab toolbox bling to wear out on the town. After the show, please check out craftsanity.com for f- free instructions for the key ring necklace from the book. This is courtesy of Hannah and STC Craft. Thank you very much for letting me post that, guys. I really appreciate it. Okay, so let's get on with that interview, folks. So has anyone commented on any of your hardware jewelry on the subway? On the subway, actually, yes. I wear the O-ring bracelets. A lot, because I kind of think it's fun to just kind of wear wear my stuff. And the O-rings are the ones that you can shower with or whatever, because they're rubber and it doesn't really matter. Right. So I usually just have them on. And there was a woman on the subway that said that she liked my bracelets. I was like, well, (laughs) you can make them too. (laughs) And it was really kind of fun, except that she had given me the compliment sort of, right as the train was coming to her stop. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I started out this conversation, and the uh, 
the train doors were open and she crossed onto the platform because she had to get off. But we're still, like, having the conversation. And then as the, the train always beeps before the, um, or a bell rings before the car, the doors slide shut. And um, I was like, so look it up, hardware spelled W-E-A-R. <laughs> like, screaming after her. Yeah. yeah so we- it was pretty yeah, well, that's cool. Funny. That's cool. It's probably better than like following her home to tell her about it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that was the next step. But. Oh, that's great. That's Talk great. about scaring other New Yorkers. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, let me hear a little bit about your background. What did you study when you're in Rhode Island? What did What did you um, study? I studied industrial design. Okay. Which uh, is everything that's created by an industry. Some people aren't really familiar with what industrial design is, but like making products and things like that. What is your day job now? I work for a company that does the animated Christmas windows for the big department stores in New York City. So wow. a lot of tourists come to New York to see the animated Christmas windows. And, well, that sounds um, like a fun job. Yeah, I, everybody that works here is extremely creative and talented, and that's pretty awesome um, because I work with a lot of people who are extremely knowledgeable in not just crafting, but arts and paints and carpentry and metal and all sorts of stuff like that. So is it like so, Christmas for you all year round then since you're working yeah. at Christmas window? <laughs> we do other things. We do like trade shows and corporate parties and other things like that. But Christmas is pretty much the dominating factor. <laughs> so it's probably really insane for you right now. Yes. So I'm catching is. you. I'm, I feel bad. I'm catching you at the end of a week when you guys are probably really putting it into overdrive now for um, your Christmas windows. Can you tell us anything? I know it's probably like top secret. It is actually. Each of the themes are a secret until they are revealed during the season. And they, the windows are revealed in a ceremony that's usually around Thanksgiving time. So that's like a good time that tourists come or people have come to New York to visit their family or with their family and then they can go through the windows and see what's going on and walk around a bit. So. And how many windows does your company do? It depends on which account, you know, which accounts we have each year, but we'll do three, four or five different department stores. Okay. Like and they probably have more than one display or is it just one giant display? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. They, each department store has like five windows to a theme. Wow. Your role in this, are you designing the theme? I began working here in the props department, building the props for these windows. But then I moved to work on the computer and do design work for them. Okay. So I've gone from actually doing physical stuff with my hands to sitting at a desk. (laughs) which I don't find as much fun. Oh, I see. So you're trying to get back, you're trying to get a demotion back to that first part where you were... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> I think that that's where my crafting comes in because it seems like it's so present, only not getting to do it. Right, right. So I, I go home and sort of do my own thing. And if I have questions about materials or something, I can always ask my friends. Like, because I studied industrial design, I'm pretty familiar with the hardware store. But every once in a while, there'll be, like, a thingy that you see at the hardware store <laughs> that you, like, don't really know what the name of it is. But right, right. you either know how to use it or you're familiar with what it looks like, but you don't know what that thingy is called. <laughs> uh-huh. So I, I'm lucky that I can come into work and be like, so, guys... <laughs> 
What's the technical name for this thing that looks kind of like a nut, but it's much longer? And they're like, oh, yeah. The separator or whatever. So I'm like, thanks. Oh, that's cool. Before your book even came out, I have been known to go into, you know, like the Home Depots or the Lowe's or big box stores they have here in Michigan that I will go into and try to, you know, look around for like stuff I can use for crafting at home. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the guys that uh, typically, the, it always seems that I run into somebody working there. It's usually a guy that I, I will be asking, like, um, one time I was in there looking for. I was looking for a ball peen hammer, but I didn't know that it was called a ball, yeah. ball so peen like, hammer. I'm like, yeah, I need one of those hammers, not a really big one, kind of a small one with that little yeah. round ball on the end. <laughs> and the guy, and I'm like really intense, like doing this really descriptive. I said, yeah, it's, you know, it's not, I don't want one of those really, really big ones, but it's got this ball on the end. And I don't know if it's like a ball hammer or what, you know, and I sounded like, and I'm a college educated woman, but I have no idea. I mean, I just feel, I mean, I go in there and I, it's kind of intimidating, you know, and the guy's like, he walked me over to the hammer. She's like, does it look, is this what you're looking for? Like, yeah, that's exactly it. He's like, that's a ball peen hammer. So next time you'll know. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, thanks. You know, You're like, yeah, next time. Yeah, if I buy it now. I won't need it. Yeah, I'm thinking, I won't need to ask yeah, for I'm, it again. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> that I probably will only need one ball peen hammer. But anyway, it's it's hilarious because I, then I went back. Of course, you know, I, when I got my hands on your book, I'm like, okay, this is fantastic. I mean, this is. I mean, I was Aww. like, well, the thing about it that's so great is that it doesn't require any expensive things. I mean, everything right. in there is cheap, and the cool that's. I mean, it makes for guiltless crafting. Mm-hmm. Because in, in crafting just about any budget, um, because you really could, you know, go to your toolbox or you know whatever toolbox is in the place you dwell. If you, mm-hmm. um, you know, your dad or your you know boyfriend or whoever, a friend that's just really handy and makes a lot of stuff, you know, does right. little projects, you could raid that and probably have enough to make a necklace, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I and I did spray everything with the acrylic sealer just because I didn't want to, you know, I know my skin. With my luck, I'd have like mm-hmm. the outline of of like n- nuts and bolts on my <laughs> skin. <laughs> So I did, I like that piece of advice, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's really, it was funny because I brought your book into the hardware store and I'm walking around and I'm looking for specific things. I had marked pages about what projects I wanted to make and I want to make sure I had all the stuff. Usually I'm not that organized when I shop. I just kind of go in and then I have to go back for something. But anyway, I'm walking through and the guy, this guy, I said, yeah, um, yeah, do you have any, you know, bolts smaller than this? And, and I'm like, yeah, so these nuts, these hex nuts, are they always called hex nuts or are there some other kinds of nuts? And he's, and he's just kind of like, I'm like, yeah, and do you have any um, that are 100% steel? And he's like, um, there's no such thing. I'm like, well, according to this book, at some specialty stores, they do have such things. And he's like, well, we don't hear, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's just like, what book is that? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, what are you and I about? said, it's this book. And I showed him and he was like, well, I'll be, you know, I mean, he just couldn't believe. And I asked oh, him, cool. well, I brought my tape recorder and I said, well, can I tape here? Can I tape our conversation, you know, about this book? And he's like, no, I'll probably get fired. It would have been great to, to tape it, you know, because it was so That's hilarious. So awesome of you. Thank you. Well, it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. And I told the guy, I said, you know, you guys could sell a lot more stuff, like, especially to women. <laughs> So I'm giving like how advice. I said, if you just like told people how they can use stuff, I said, because you guys have it set up kind of intimidating, you know, people come in here and it's, you know, kind of like, oh, what are you doing? You know, serious string bolts around your neck. (laughs) You know, you're crazy. You know, I said, but look at this. I said, this is actual jewelry you can make. 
And he's like, well, I never heard of that before. And I'm like, well, it's a, it's a fairly new book, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was really, no, it was really fun. And I, I'm curious about, well, I'd like you, you to share a little bit about the story of like what led you to the hardware store and what led you to start making jewelry out of nuts and bolts and all these cool things you can find there. Well, as I said before, I studied industrial design, so I'm not a stranger to the hardware store. And just like you, it's just kind of fun. I think the hardware store is similar to the art supply store, where mm-hmm. there seems to be a lot of potential sitting in the different drawers and things that you oh, walk yeah. at, and you're sort of like, hmm, what can I use that for? But um, the real story is that one Christmas I was looking for something to make my friends for a present, because I just... I don't have a whole lot of money, and I wanted to give my friends something really cool and trendy or fashionable, design-oriented, something, something. And I was like, well, what can I make that would be of a high enough quality that would really be a nice present and not just, like, something that I threw together, like, cut out of paper <laughs> Right. We've all given gifts like that before. I know. I'll, yeah. just, come, I'll just come clean, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and I have a hardware store near my house, and I was probably buying, like, uh, bowls or whatever I needed in the hardware store, you know? Yeah. And I was just kind of looking around, and I thought, well, those nuts look kind of like beads. I wonder if I could string them together in a certain way that would look elegant. So, because I knew that if, if you just string them together, like, if you just use the hole as a bead, it's not particularly interesting. The beads are a little chunky, or the, the nuts are a little chunky. Mm-hmm. But I uh, started playing around with different kinds of string and wound up using the jewelry wire and crimping beads. Mm-hmm. And I like the way the wire twists and holds the nut straight mm-hmm. so that you can see that it's actually a nut. Right. Um, but also it, it added some sort of delicacy to it with the thin wire and the nice little bead. So I was pretty happy with the thing I made, and I um, gave it to my friend Francis for Christmas. And all my other friends were around, too, and they were like, oh, my God, that's really cool. I want a pair, and that's really neat. And then I was like, hey, thanks. And I started giving them out to other people for Christmas. And some people had pierced ears and up. Other friends of mine, believe it or not, have their ears pierced, even though they were quite old. <laughs> um, and so then I had to change my design into a necklace. And then I was having so much fun that I went back to the hardware store and I was like, well, what else could I make? The first project that you made was a pair, was it a pair of earrings with rubber bands? Yes. It okay, was, okay. but I later turned it into a necklace, which is called the Elegant Nut Necklace. Yeah, so it was a big hit with my friends. And they were suggesting that I start selling it at craft fairs and whatnot. And I participated at the um, Renegade Craft Fair, mm-hmm. I think, last year. And I sold some stuff there, and I think that the craft fairs were really fun and everything, but with the full-time job and whatnot, I couldn't really imagine successfully pushing the jewelry and making it all myself. And I was thinking, well, all of the supplies are so accessible to pretty much anyone. It's not like a secret where anything came from. Right. But if I wrote out the instructions and just showed people how they could do it themselves, you know, and kind of got the designs out into the world that way. Mm -hmm. So then I took pictures of 
my friends wearing the jewelry, and they happen to be very beautiful girls, <laughs> which helps with my <laughs> yeah. pictures, I think. Right, right. And I put all of those photographs in and sort of an outline of what this book could be together and sent it off to eight different publishers. And I just kind of, I got some names and sent it right off. And then Melanie, who I know you've interviewed before <laughs> I listened to your cast with her. She's great. I love her. Yeah, she's great. But my, anyway, yeah. she called me up and she said, these photographs look great. And I'm really interested in this jewelry because it looks great. But what do you mean you can, you want to put a book together? So I worked with Melanie on more of a formal proposal that she then had to give her board. And by the time we pitched the idea, the board was really excited. And I'm extremely lucky because the finished product is very, very close to my original proposal, the original <laughs> dummy that I had set up and page, type of pages I had proposed and things like that. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it was like that never happened. But Melanie was awesome to work with, and we worked out how we were going to make it happen, and it, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I think it looks cool. <laughs> well, it is, it is a really cool book because I think it, I love the spiral bound, everything, for, you know, the, I love the um, tabs on the pages too mm-hmm. so you can find what you're yeah, looking for. Yeah, that was all, I wanted the book to look kind of like a book box. So I wanted the cover to be metal because I thought that gave that toolbox kind of feel. I wanted the shape of the book to be rectangular. So again, it had that toolbox feel, but then I also wanted the spiral bound and the tabs and everything because I needed to have this industrial look because it's kind of the juxtaposition of high fashion and industrial sort of low, you know, high and low together. Mm-hmm. And then in the back, they, I have a glossary that's um, also done on craft paper. Originally, I thought that I wanted the whole book to be in craft paper, but then that was not going to work very well with photographs and stuff. Right. But I'm happy that the glossary is at least in craft paper because I think that's kind of fun. And it's good to have a glossary when you go to the hardware store and you talk to the guy that's like, why are you asking for all of these things? Right, right. (laughs) Or if you don't remember the name and you're like, I want a clip that looks like that. You just point to the picture and the guy says, okay, it's over here. <laughs> well, and the cool part about it, too, is it, it just kind of, you can educate yourself before you even go, so you know mm-hmm. what you're looking for. And right, so that you don't feel like a fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The best part about this glossary is how you see an image of everything that you're looking for. It says, go and get some O-rings, and you have no idea, like, okay, how big are they, what do they look like? And the fact mm-hmm. that you're, you have them kind of drawn there, and that's great. And then also, the best, but the best part of this glossary is, where to find and you have that for every <laughs> single thing and that is so important because a lot of times if you're someone who's really into crafting and you're like okay um i don't really go to the hardware store a whole lot um where the heck do i see it i mean you'll say okay plumbing supply section for the o-ring i mean that's nice because a lot of these stores you go in and you're just like oh my goodness like they're huge like too massive well your industrial design background comes through in this book and it just wouldn't have been the same if someone who didn't have your background put it together so what a wonderful success for you. And are, are the photos in here? I mean, did you take are those some of those your photos or did they reach um, We had talked about whether or not I would take the photos, but actually we hired a photographer instead. Okay. But, um, are those your all friends? The models are my best friends. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, that's good. The cool. girl actually is my oldest friend. We went to nursery school together. We went to 
um, kindergarten through 12th grade together. You know, we're still really good friends. So that was awesome to put her on the cover there. And what is her name? We'll give her a little shout Emily, out here. Emily Fitzgerald. Wow. Well, that's cool. Um, that's really awesome. Yeah. So it was a very good, really great project for me. Well, I I've also. Been really lucky. Yeah, it looks well, and, and what a great thing too. Now, are you in this book too? Are you photographed in here? I am. I am actually. My picture's on the back cover. I've got blue hair. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you're and you're in here in a couple. I think I in a couple of. Yeah, there's um the picture. Actually, I'm wearing the um the image that's on the front cover. It's again a necklace made with nuts. Yeah. The hexagon necklace. It's on page. 80. So was that fun to be part of a photo shoot with your friends? Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. It was a brand new experience for me as far as what it really means to style a suit and arrange for the models to come at certain times and figure out the shoot location and all that stuff. It was really quite educational. <laughs> but I'm happy to have had that experience. That photo shoot was actually two days. And I'm working on another book, and that photo shoot, the photo shoot for the second book, was only one day. But I had learned, you know, and had my experience on this book to know what to expect, kind of, and how it runs. So, um, so yeah, I think photo shoots are a lot of fun, or at least they have been for me because it's always been my friends modeling. <laughs> right. So that makes it. You don't have to worry about the attitudes that you strangers might have. You know, you never. You, you know what to expect. You know everybody's personality. Exactly. And everybody's like happy to be there right, for the most right, part. You know, right. they've they've all donated their time. So the biggest stress is you know whether or not they can take the time off from work. Or I had one of my friends came during a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> so we had her for like an hour. <laughs> it was like, okay, quick, 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 shoot Alexander as much as you can. Oh, that's okay. Awesome. Happy has to leave. So, where did you guys shoot this first book? <laughs> the first photo shoot was in Williamsburg, my friend's apartment, Emily's apartment, actually. Okay. Um, those are the shots that have like a brick wall and uh, a mirror and stuff in the background. And then the second shoot was outside, right, right next to where I live. Um, Lower East Side and Third Street, East Village, basically. Um, and that was the out, outdoors ones were really great. It was like a beautiful day. It had been raining forever. And then the one day that it was uh, so nice outside was our photo shoot day. And I was like, yay. Yeah, so the stars aligned for you. That's great. Yeah, it was awesome. So, how has your life changed now that you have this book out there? I mean, is it, are you running into people who have that you don't know who are wearing jewelry made out of uh, <laughs> supplies from the hardware store? <laughs> well, I think that would be really great if I ran into someone someday wearing one of my pieces. But New York being so vast and all that, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it'll happen. It hasn't so. happened yet. Perhaps yeah. it will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, my life hasn't changed a whole lot. It's fortunate. I'm not sure. Um, but I am really, I do recognize that I'm really lucky to have a product out there that's, um, a, a group project that I got to, you know, lead. Yeah. <laughs> and that's been pretty special for me. So, and I've been, um, I got a chance to be on TV and I've been interviewed and stuff. So that's sort of fun. <laughs> but... 
And so I, hear, I don't know. You said that you're working on another book. And so yeah. what, what is this a continuation? Is it the same type of thing? Or what, what is your next book about? Um, the next book is actually about T-shirts. It's called Save This Shirt. Okay. Um, and it'll come out in May. Same publisher? Yes. Melanie. She's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. So it's another book with her, and that's been really great. So the book has definitely brought me um, a whole new community of people to work with and um, get to know and sort of like the photo shoot. I got to learn a lot about different aspects of publications and things like that. So definitely been a good eye-opener. <laughs> yeah. So with, um, I don't want to give too much away about your next book, but is this something about, you know, things you can make out of T-shirts or what what exactly, uh, what about T-shirts? It's taking like an extra large T-shirt and fixing it to sort of fit and style much better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, kind of like tailoring a shirt to really have a nice fit. Yes, exactly. Because actually, the company that I work for, we are given a lot of the company T-shirts. Okay. And they're always like large or extra large. Right. So, right. Yeah. So this is kind of well. What do you do in that situation when you need to wear the shirt, <laughs> but <laughs> right. you look like you're wearing a nightgown? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Only you're in the office. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's cool. So you're, you're going to be doing, giving people some ideas of what they can do to make the shirts fit nice. And mm-hmm. So you sew then. You must sew. Yeah, actually, I sew, but I'm not that great at sewing, to be honest. I love table saw, and I love, like, big, scary machinery, but the sewing machine is just not my friend. <laughs> that's interesting, but yet you have enough knowledge to do this book. How did that come together? Well, I know, I mean, I do a lot of stitching by hand. Okay. Because I just, if the sewing machine breaks or the bobbin gets caught up or whatever, I get really frustrated with it. Right. And I think, ah, where is my, you know, trusty old needle and thread? I'll just sit here and do that. So it's really the sewing machine that I have more of an issue with than sewing in general. But I think that I just like doing stuff with my hands anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like any kind of crafting, I think. If I want to fix a shirt a certain way, then the best way to get it done is to sit there and sew it or figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I'll do it just to get it done the way I want it to look, you know? Mm -hmm. You have a lot more control, too, when you're stitching by hand. Yeah. um, Yeah, and in fact, I just picked up a book not too long ago that's really awesome, and it's all hand-sewing. Like, the projects in there are beautiful, and it's all just hand-stitched. And it reminded me that, you know, because most of my sewing projects now involve the sewing machine, but it really reminded me, it was a great reality check for me because it's I, I was reminded of just how much great stuff you can do without a sewing machine and yeah. uh, so is your whole book sewing without the machine or do you have machine stuff in there too well no you can do it either way I mean honestly it is faster and all of my projects are very simple okay so it's faster just do it on a sewing machine it's no like crazy fixing or anything okay so you could just do um, but it can be done by hand and that's how I did most most of it no, my that's friend, good. Some people don't have sewing machines, so they'll be glad to hear that, you know? Yeah. My friend Vanessa, though, she was like, Hannah, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> she gave me, like, a miniature sewing machine, like the kind you can get at Kmart or whatever. Yeah. Like, not quite committing to, like, a full, full-scale sewing machine. It's just, like, something that can do the running stitch, and that's it. Yeah. And it was perfect. 
Yeah, well, that's like, that, oh, thanks. So you had to do probably make a lot of t-shirt makeovers for your book. How many did you yeah. have? To, how much? How many t-shirts did you have to do? I figured out about fifteen to twenty different projects. Oh wow! Like okay, but I'm not sure exactly how many are going to come out in the book. And the book will come with like a starter tee as well. So oh, that's cool. So it'll be kind of like a kit. Yeah. Very cool. It be pretty fun. So when do you find time to work on these books? It sounds like, especially if you're stitching by hand. I mean, how do you find the time when you're working full time? Uh, well, it's pretty difficult. I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> I hear you. I don't either. So uh, Yeah. <laughs> so it's no easy matter, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, there are always weekends and there's always time after work and, you know, whatever... If it needs to get done, I'm the kind of person that'll just get it done. Just like with the t-shirts, if I want to fix it in a certain way, I'll just like figure it out and do it so that it's done. (laughs) Instead of having a big to-do list. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I just need to get the task over with, so I'll just do it. And if sewing by hand is what I'm more comfortable in with or whatever, and I can do it while I'm watching TV or while I'm watching TV with other people, then I'll do both tasks at once, you know. I'll mm-hmm. sit, I'll watch TV with my roommates or my boyfriend or whatever, and I'll sew and do that. So. Well, they probably really appreciate the fact that you're not using a sewing machine when everyone's watching, uh, you know, whatever yeah. show on TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a li- it'd be a little rude, probably. <laughs> Don't mind me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, in the background, there's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the volume's on, you know, 40 and no yeah. can, everyone feels like they're gonna their head's gonna explode from the the noise. My goodness. Well yeah. well I'm gonna look for your next I think that's gonna be really cool and you'll have to um I'll have to have the um folks at STC remind me when it's coming out so we can uh, remind our listeners that um that you have something else on the horizon there. So that'd be fun to to revisit your story back uh when that comes out. Um yeah. so are you thinking that you wanna keep doing the, the craft books? Is that do you always have do you have like an abundance of ideas? I do. I have to admit that I'm a little I have been a little crazed with the experience of the two books back to back. So we'll see when the third one <laughs> is gonna surface. <laughs> My brain needs a little bit of a break. Yeah. You didn't take a break in between the two? No, no. And it's been so such a you know, crazy and fun ride, the whole experience of the book, and then, you know, throwing a release party and trying to promote it and doing all these things that it's been a lot. Yeah. (laughs) You know, with the first one coming out and trying to get people excited about it and then working on the second second one simultaneously and having a full-time job, it's been difficult. But, you know, I know that people do it and I know I can do it. (laughs) I just think I need a break. But I do enjoy the craft books because when I pitch the idea, I'm really challenging myself. And if I'm lucky enough to get a book deal or whatever, then I know that I need to stand up to the challenge. Right, right. And that's really fun because I need to experiment and figure it out. You know, with the jewelry book, I had a bunch of ideas, but maybe some of them weren't as realistic or practical or maybe I used materials that were too hard to find or something and I had to go back to the hardware store and try and figure out different variations of what I had created or whatever. With the t-shirt same sort of deal I have a basic concept of how I fix it 
a t-shirt if I need it immediately fixed. <laughs> if the camera crews are coming in a couple of minutes, then I need to like figure out how it's going to fit better. But I also had to go back to you know, my crafting area or time and figure out exactly how to change the style. And then writing instructions, you have to remember what you did. <laughs> like, how did it, wait, how did it fit like that again? Or how did I remember, or how did I tie that in the back there, you know? So it's a challenge, but it's fun. I think it's more fun working on a physical project and explaining how you did it than writing a novel or whatever. Yeah. I just, I just like crafting and it's a fun excuse to do it. <laughs> did you ever, did you set out to write a book someday? I mean, did you ever plan on that happening? Or was this something that just kind of an opportunity presented itself? Well, like I said, with the hardware story, I um, had thought about maybe selling my wares. And then I thought about how I probably wouldn't be able to make, a, I couldn't fill an order of 20 or whatever. It would, it would take, yeah. Would day, you know, right. like, eight different styles, 20, kind of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so that was sort of my process on um, how that turned into a book. So I don't know if I necessarily had dreamed of being an author, but it was definitely a pathway that kind of seemed to be a good solution for <laughs> telling people how to do my designs. No. Well, it's obviously, uh, you know, I know for me, I I really thought it was great, and I've showed my sisters the book, and um, we haven't had a chance. They live about two and a half hours away, so I don't see them every day, but, you know, I went and bought tons of bolts and sprayed them all, <laughs> and it was hilarious because I did it after dark, like when I sprayed them on my front porch, I had, like, newspaper down, <laughs> and I'm, like, have the porch light on, I'm spraying these, because I just don't have time during the day like a normal person, yeah. you know, so... <laughs> So I'm out there, you know, and people are probably wondering, oh, what is she doing now? But um, <laughs> I think my neighbors are kind of used well, to I it. Well, I imagine that you do all sorts of crafts. So yeah, well, I do. Like, oh, that's just Jennifer. Yeah, I do some weird stuff. And, <laughs> He's up to something new. <laughs> yeah, and the light's always on in our house at, like, you know, 2 in the morning. I mean, there'd be crazy time. I mean, that people probably think that. I don't, I don't even want to even know what they think goes on in this house. <laughs> because there's always some kind of project underway. But I found that this book was really accessible. And, you know, I'm not a jewelry maker. Like, I don't have tons. I've made some jewelry, but I'm not someone who's, you know, has years of experience making jewelry, and I don't make it every day. And the, the cool thing about this book is you can, it's it, you know, you just pick it up, and there's projects even for, for men, and a lot of times craft books focus on, you know, project, you know, jewelry that women can wear. So it's kind of nice that you could give a couple of these things that are, are manly, where you could, you know, yeah. make them for for the um, guy in your life, you know. Right. And um, <laughs> so it's, I thought that was kind of cool too to have the blend of, of projects that are appropriate for male or females can wear some of these things. Yeah, well, I, I kind of thought that if you're going to the hardware store anyway. <laughs> May as well be making some projects for exactly, everyone. exactly. So it really, I thought that was a great um, touch too. But I, it's just, I, I just love how it's you can pick it up and everything's explained, so you're not scratching your head because you can see this great image in the photo. Because I know we've all picked up books where you you see this great picture, you read the directions, and you're not getting from point A to point B <laughs> in a direct way. So I really, I've tried out um, some of the stuff, you know, some of your projects, and um, I love the the necklace on the cover I, I just love it and I haven't had a chance to wear it out anywhere yet only because I'm disorganized so 
<laughs> I like leave the house. I'm like, oh yeah, I should have oh, worn this. <laughs> so, but I, I really think it's cool, and I think this is going to be an interesting conversation piece too. You know, <laughs> um, it's interesting to see sort of who recognizes it and who else is just like, oh, what an interesting necklace, you know? And they don't, they're not like, oh my gosh, that's made out of hardware, that's made out of nuts, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So, do you still find that you're giving it away as gifts, or do all your friends have loads of this jewelry now? They do have loads of the jewelry. The book took a while to. Uh, I mean, I guess books in general will take a while from the day that you get the contract signed to when it actually comes out. But definitely within the course of, you know, before I pitched the idea for the book until now, when the book is out and about, I think everybody that I've ever met. <laughs> Had something made out of oh, harder. Oh wow, for me. that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, how long did yeah. you spend on the book? How long did did that pro- from the con- from the contract to the finished product? I am actually trying to clean out my room, and I came across the contract last night, and it was December fifteenth or something, two thousand and four. Okay, so it didn't come out until May oh five. It took a while. It took like a year and a half, I guess. How long did you actually spend writing it? December to April, pretty much, where the figuring out exactly which projects are going to be and which ones you're going to write and that kind of thing, and illustrating them all, too. And what, so you just did that on the computer then? Yeah. Adobe uh, Well, that must have been quite a gift for the folks at STC to get, to find someone who not only has these cool ideas but can illustrate them them. You know herself. I mean, that's quite a. You know, I, I'd say that makes you pretty marketable in the craft book field. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think that um, sort of sometimes I do too many illustrations because I'm so desperate to make it so incredibly clear. Right. <laughs> right. That you know the illustrations kind of repeat themselves because it just varies just by a little bit. And that's when Melanie comes in and she's like, uh, we don't need that. <laughs> we don't need to see this drawing five times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what makes, that's her job as editor, to help you exactly. figure out what is appropriate. When, and it's probably better to have it so detailed that you can take an image out than mm-hmm. to have it not explained enough. Because I think that's tougher when you, you don't have a clear idea and... You know, it's kind of frustrating when you're trying to, someone's trying to do the technical editing and they can't figure out what you did, you know. Mm-hmm. So they probably yeah. didn't have that problem ever with you, it sounds like. <laughs> Since you are very, very detailed and um, able to clearly illustrate your work. So that's good. So are you also doing the um, illustrations for your next book as well? Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think you'll ever get, like, want to just do books for a living? Or do you want to keep a day job and have um, that? I think that I, I think um, at this point, I would love to do books for a living, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think that there, it's not enough, you know. So I kind of have to balance the two in order to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. See, and that's that's something too that yeah, because I have had many days just fantasizing about. Oh yeah, I could do books and you know, all this because I have a, like you know a million ideas myself and mm-hmm. but the reality is okay if you quit your job your day job you don't replace your income with a craft right. book contract and right. I know they vary widely but 
you know, it's that's that's the hard part. Even though it's like fantastically creative work, and you can go around. And did you go on a tour to promote this at all? I only went to Boston actually to promote it. Yeah, there was a talk of a tour, but I sort of fell through. <laughs> yeah. What about the next book? Do you think you'll tour for that one? Perhaps. Yeah. I'm hoping that with the second book, there will be a chance to kind of promote both together, or you know, because I think. Hardware is really, I really like it. I'm really happy that it came so close to exactly how I had seen it, you know. And a lot of people that see it seem to really like it, and I'm, that makes me really happy. But not a lot of people have seen it. Well, so. that's that's the thing is that I find interesting about this is that it's a book that is so different. And I love when I see a book that's different because I have tons of, you can imagine that I have tons of craft books since I'm like up to my earlobes and craft stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I, what I liked so much about this book right away is I was like, awesome. You know, I had never seen a book like this, like that was, well, first of all, even just the physical construction of it was different mm-hmm. than what I'm used to. And, mm-hmm. and I like it. It really works. And I also was like, wow, I mean, there's no one else has done a whole entire book of, what you can do, jewelry from a toolbox. I mean, I just mm-hmm. haven't seen it. So, you know, it, it, hopefully people will, you know, kind of get on board. And, you know, I, I, of course, we're doing our part now to tell people about it. <laughs> and the most appealing part is it's cheap. Cheap people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really cheap and it's stylish, too. Well, yeah, and I, yeah, we don't mean like, we don't mean cheap as in you're, you're going to look like a weirdo when you wear it. No, it, but, costs, it costs nothing to make. And it seems to be, it seems to me to make so much sense because... You know, washers and not, it's all basic geometry. Right. So when you stick it together and hang it from your neck, it it looks like a gorgeous piece of jewelry because it's very simple in in its elements. Mm-hmm. You know, right, and it's, it's not so overpowering that it steals from whatever else you have on. It's just such an interesting addition to a look. So hopefully, by the time I do the intro, I tape the intro for this interview, I've actually had a chance to go out there, make a point to test drive some of the things. <laughs> <laughs> that I make from this because I think it's really um, just a lot of fun and it sounds like you had fun making the projects too. I did. I had a lot of fun making the projects and I and I really like that the book is something that you maybe want to have on your coffee table because it's not just um, an instructional book. It's, it is kind of fun to look at and it is very different. Um, but I think that it's hard. Like it, you can look it up on Amazon and see the book but the image that you see on Amazon doesn't really explain that the image in the real book is printed on a metallic cover and that, you know, it's got these cardboard and craft pages and kind of the interiors aren't fully explained. Right. So that's just something that you discover when you see the book in person. Right. From your perspective, you're probably just so excited about this and you want to tell everyone and then, you know, you're in when it comes up, you're on the subway and someone's stepping off, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, so you might not exactly. have the, I'm like, it's called, go look at, yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what was that like when you have, yeah, I'm sure you've, you know, walked into bookstores now and seen your book on the shelf. What What is that like? It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I mean, I, I really worked very hard on it. So it feels kind of rewarding. Yeah. Mass quantities, you know, be like, oh, wow. When I did the presentation in Boston, it was a workshop, and I brought a lot of material with me. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun because I walk in, and there's, they had set up a whole display, and 
they had written a little bio about me and they did all this stuff and that was really cool. And then I introduced the workshop and I showed everyone the project or the materials I had brought for the project. But one other aspect of my book is that I really want to inspire people. I want to show them how I did my particular project, but then feel free to, you know, experiment with this or whatever, this way of locking things together, whatever you want to do. And some of the people in Boston had a chance to experiment. I had brought the the O-rings and the jump rings that I used to connect them. Mm -hmm. And there was one woman who was a jewelry maker, and she made like a really long necklace, which is not something that I had made in my book, but the way she had put it together, it was really kind of cool and interesting, and that was really fun to see her take my materials and take my ideas and run with it, Mm -hmm. and that was really a cool experience. So it was fun to meet up with a total stranger. Oh, and then there was this other girl who um, had broken her leg. She was a skater, and she broke her leg, and she was sort of bummed out that she couldn't practice. But she and her mom had attended my workshop because it was something that she could do with her broken leg and still have fun. And um, she was really excited about the workshop, and I was really excited to meet her. And then her mom had just come to sort of drive her there and, like, make sure everything was okay. But then her mom started making jewelry, too. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really fun. So they probably stopped at the hardware store on the way home, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's one of the cool parts about when you do a book like this is it gets people, you know, I mean, I know this wasn't the first time I've gone into a hardware store and looking at things differently but I was just looking kind of broadly like you know okay what can I do with this what can I do with that but this I mean the jewelry possibilities is amazing like what you can do and then but what it does is if you get a person to walk into a hardware store and not be thinking okay I'm here because you know my my toilet broke like how do I fix this yeah I mean in those projects we usually walk into hardware stores especially women we're usually it's at a really bad point in our life you know, because right, something something, yeah, something is wrong really yeah and and you know and a lot of men sometimes are sent to the hardware store you know in, under those circumstances as well but it's it's really fun to walk in there and and see everything with a different from a different perspective and figure out what you oh i can make something really cool out of this and it's it's really a, really a great thing and so congratulations to you for putting out a great book and just being able to inspire people to do exactly that i mean that's wonderful so thank you. Yeah, and so are there other projects that you do? I mean, what I, I know it sounds like you, you you're into uh, kind of retrofitting T-shirts, making jewelry out of stuff from toolboxes. What other kinds of things do you do in your off time? I keep a sketchbook, and I like to try and go to art, try and go to drawing class and things like that. I'm always trying to produce things that are creative. You know, whether that's a drawing or some sort of graphic design or some sort of, you know, playing with a photo or something. I don't know. I mean, time is pretty, pretty short. (laughs) But whenever I have a chance to be creative, I go for it. I mean, as I said before, and as you can see from my picture, I've got blue hair (laughs) and I like to like maintain that and sort of keep some sort of style going. So... I'm always trying to think a little bit out of the box. Yeah, well, that's great. And practice that. Yeah, well, so how long have you had blue hair? For four years now. Yeah, what was it about the color blue? Well, um, if you know me, 
Earth you meet me, you'll see that I wear a lot of blue. Okay. Well, I noticed that... <laughs> the blue is absolutely my favorite color. Okay. Yeah, I love blue um, myself. I haven't taken it to the, the level of... To the extreme. I mean, my hair is pretty, you know, brown, and it's always brown. You, you know, I, I just, you know, but I, so I'm always curious yeah. when people not only, you know, because there's the bleaching of your hair when you want to be a blonde or you want to do, you know, something mm-hmm. that you want to be Marilyn Monroe or something. But I'm always, <laughs> I'm more intrigued by people who choose other colors than, you know, unconventional. Mm. So did you just decide one day, you know, I love well, blue. I'm going to make, you know, change my hair. Um, actually, it came from the comic book or the comic style of Wonder Woman. Okay. And how her hair is always highlighted in a in a dark blue. Yeah, you know, I never really book. thought about that, but that's yeah. So that's so what... it started there, and um, I just had blue highlights, and then the color blue kind of just took over. I mean, I've always I've always been a big fan, but when you have blue highlights in your hair, and then you wear a lot of blue. And then people start calling you blue. <laughs> you just, it just takes over. And whether or not it was Wonder Woman or whatever, my hair is all blue now. But it's like um, a dark blue, so it's pretty subtle sometimes. Okay, because in the, in the picture in the book, it looks like you have highlights. But it, was it all blue for the book? Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much all blue. You can see it has like a, a scene to it. Um, it's it's a matter of how the light hits it. I see. Which okay. I kind of like because it's oh, you know, um, on the back cover, different can... without being too obnoxious. You know? Yeah. Well, so how do people respond to that? I mean, because you're used to it. You've had your hair this way for four years. Your friends know you. They've had mm-hmm. you. Know, so how do other people respond with you're meeting someone for the first time? Um, I think that they actually respond pretty positively. I mean, no one's really said to my face that it looks hideous. But <laughs> even, my, even my parents really like it. <laughs> I have blue eyes, and it sort of, it just kind of goes with me. It's sort of like I have, um, I naturally have dark hair anyway. Right. So the added blue is just sort of like a hue. Yeah. Well, it seems appropriate since you're you're so <laughs> into blue and, you know, it's your thing. And it sounds like you're the type of person, which um, I really think is awesome, that you're not looking for anyone to endorse your blue hair, really. You just, that's what you want to do. So, right, exactly. So you do it. So that's great. <laughs> because I think a lot of times we hesitate to be who we are because we're, you know, people get, you know, there's peer pressure to be a certain way. And that's why artists are so fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I think with the blue hair, I'm not extremely obnoxious about it. It's just who I am and who I've, how I've decided to keep myself. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> so. That's great. As long as I prove that I'm a hard worker and I, you know, do everything you need me to do, why should that matter what color my hair is? Yeah, it shouldn't. Or the color of my fingernails, because <laughs> they're often blue, also. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do pe- people at work call you blue? Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody does. Everybody calls you blue. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it's well, I think that's really, really cool, though, um, that you're just living a truly authentic artistic life, and um, that's really cool. And so do you consider yourself um, an artist in all these things that you do? Like, did you, do you think you approach this book as an artist or as a crafter? Um, that's interesting. I would actually say I'm a designer. Okay. Um, because designing is about putting elements together and uh, sort of staying within the lines but being creative within those lines, mm-hmm. I think. So I would say I'm designer, and then I would say I'm crafter Yeah. Um, because I like making things. 
I think um, I love art and I love artists and I love doing art and that kind of thing. But I think to be an artist, you're um, you have no boundaries. And I think that most of my work is dealing with those boundaries, is kind of being creative with those boundaries. I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense. No, I think it does. I think it does because you're you're using materials that can be found in a conventional place and making you know unconventional things out of them and. You know, so I mm-hmm. think the designer label is appropriate. Not that we're looking, to, I'm not really looking for pushing you to label yourself, really. I just think it's interesting when I have various creative people on, on the show and they talk about kind of their thought process. Creative people enjoy hearing other creative people talk about, kind of explain their own work. Because I think often there are people putting labels on. If you put your work out there, everyone wants to label it and describe it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't do the best job of describing each other's work. So I <laughs> wanted to give you a chance to to talk about that. I think the best thing that can be said about the book is to ask people to go find it and look look at it themselves, even if it just means going to a bookstore and checking it out and not necessarily buying it. I think it's pretty cool just to just to see it. <laughs> yeah, and I think it is it's one of those books that it isn't like anything else I've seen, so I, I needed to see it, you know, too. And mm-hmm. so hopefully people will go and, and check it out. Hannah, where do you see yourself in the next five, ten years? Wow. What do you want to do? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I definitely see myself still in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> That's that one I could say definitely. But projected from there, I don't know. I hope that that I get to continue to craft and to build things and make things. And I hope that other people enjoy what I can what I can offer and what I can produce. <laughs> well, I think they will cuz this is a great first foray into the craft book. Um, feel this is really impressive so I think well uh, thank you so much yeah. I've been listening to your the craft sanity and I really enjoy the conversations that you have because I feel like it's interesting just to sort of see what other people are up to and to see the different crafting things take place you know you only know of what you do yourself you don't really know what else is out there Thanks to Hannah for sharing her story with us. I really enjoyed that, and I can't wait to test out more of her designs. Thank you, Hannah, for inspiring us to dig into the toolbox and use hardware stores to expand our crafting possibilities. You can download the instructions for her keyring necklace that's contained in the book at craftsanity.com. And if you like it, Please look for Hannah's book at your local bookstore. Let's keep her in business. She does a great job, and I'd like to see her continue to produce these wonderful books. To kind of preview her next book, I sent her a couple of Craft Sanity t-shirts, and I'll post a photo on the blog of the little Craft Sanity handbag she made out of one of the Craft Sanity t-shirts. So it's a kind of a cute project. I never would have cooked this up myself, so I really got a kick out of seeing that and i'd like to take a moment to thank amanda and college station texas for supporting the podcast last week with the purchase of some craft sanity buttons i really appreciate that thanks amanda for your support and i also want to remind you guys that there's still time to enter the contest three lucky craft sanity listeners will win a copy of color harmony for quilts that's the book that last week's guest weeks ringle and her husband bill kerr co-authored it's a great guide for rookie and experienced quilters alike Basically, anyone who wants to learn more about quilt design would benefit from having this book on their shelf. Please visit craftsanity.com for contest entry details and check back there later in the week to see the quilt photo submissions. The entries are wonderful. You guys do great work. 
I've just been really enjoying all the great quilting that's going on out there. It's so wonderful to see. So if you haven't entered yet, please do. All you have to do is type uh, quilt contest in the subject line of your email and please include your mailing address so we can get the book to you if you win. You can enter to win a couple different ways. First way is you can email a photo of a finished quilt, quilt block, or work in progress to jennifer at craftsanity.com. Or if you've never quilted before but you want to learn, please just send me a sentence or two about why you want to learn and you'll get entered in the drawing too. You don't have to be a veteran quilter to benefit because this book really is not just for veterans. As far as I'm concerned, I'd like to see the whole world quilting. The deadline for submissions is Tuesday, November 14th. On that day, Abby, Craft Sanity's Vice President of Fun, will randomly select three winners. And those three winners will get a copy of Color Harmony for Quilts. So, good luck, everyone. Okay, so I think that's it for this episode of Craft Sanity. Have a fantastic week, everyone. And don't forget to craft sanity, my friends. It works for me.